Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hi guys, it's brilliant to be with you today. I'm Jono and I'm the Nottingham Campus Coordinator. And uh, we're in this series at the moment called Faith in Following. And we're studying the lesser known people of the Bible, people who make a huge difference in little ways. And we heard in another context, maybe you heard online, little people making a big difference. And heaven will be full of people, little people who have made a huge difference. Those who we have never heard of. And you know them around your lives. I know them around my life. Teachers, mentors, friends, family members that have encouraged us in little ways and made a big difference in our lives. And there's some incredible lessons that we can learn from their lives that we can put in practice in our lives. And that's exactly what we will be doing today. We've already heard about Barnabas, the son of encouragement, and Apelles, the approved Christian. But today, we're going to be talking about a dynamic duo. Who do you think of when I say a dynamic duo? Is it Batman and Robin? Is it Ant and Deck or Tom and Jerry? Is it Romeo and Juliet? Or is it for those Star Wars fans, C-3PO and R2-D2? Or maybe even Barbie and Ken? This week, we're going to look at a husband and wife dynamic duo called Priscilla and Aquila. Now, not much is said about these pair. There's literally only a few verses in the Bible, but their legacy to the Christian faith is huge. Little people making a big difference. So we're going to read in Acts 18, and this is set around AD 50, and that's important because we'll see the timeline in a second. But from verse 18, it says this. Paul, we're talking about the Apostle Paul, stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. They arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And when they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus, and meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew of the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, And here's the names again. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him into their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So basically, Paul, the Apostle Paul, did a round journey. Some may know it as a bit of a missions trip. He started in Corinth where he met Priscilla and Aquila. And we'll come to that further on in the message. And then they had a a big impact on him. And he went to Syria, to Ephesus, to Jerusalem, to Antioch. And while Paul was out and about, Priscilla and Aquila decided to stay in Ephesus. And in Ephesus, a guy called Apollos came, who had this gifting. And they recognized this gifting and spurred him on. They invited him into their home and helped him further. The rest, as they say, is history. Without Priscilla and Aquila, the Bible says that the church may not have turned out the way that it had. So clearly, little people making a big difference. So clearly we can learn something from this dynamic duo today. 
So here's what I believe we can learn from them. Four lessons from Priscilla and Aquila. Lesson number one is this. Don't allow your past to dictate you. Now, I said that it was AD 50, but let's rewind a little bit to the start of Acts 18 in verse 1. And we'll see the backstory of Paul. It says this. After this, whatever happened beforehand, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla. Why? Because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Now we learn from this passage that Priscilla and Aquila were Italian. They were native to Rome. And they moved to the Greek city of Corinth where they met Paul. But this wasn't a relocation because they fancied an upgrade in their house or the, a new place to live. It was because they were forced out. They were refugees because of this racist purge of Rome by the emperor Claudius. This man, Claudius, similar to what we may know in, in nearer to our times in the, what happened in the World War II, wanted to get rid of all the Jews from his city. So he forced them to go. He forced them to leave their homes, leave their businesses, leave their livelihoods away, leave their friends, absolutely everything, up and go. And most people would be incredibly disheartened by this. And they likely were too, Priscilla and Aquila. But they didn't allow this horrible act against their people to hurt their spirit. But instead, they used it for a positive. They turned a negative, as they say, into a positive. Let me explain. The couple resourcefully set up a tent-making shop in Greece. They've moved from Rome to Greece, and they set up a tent-making shop there. Now, let's think of this in a business point of view. When you're relocated quickly, there'll be thousands, if not, who knows, millions that had gone from other places to where they were without any home to go to. What's going to be in demand? Tents. They have no homes. What are they going to sleep in? Tents. So what did they make? What did they sell? Tents. They actually took hold of an incredible opportunity to provide shelter, tents, to a huge amount of refugees expelled from their homes. Clever. They allowed God to use this negative, sticky situation for his glory and for the benefit of others. That is a good business. They could easily, Priscilla and Aquila, could have sought around, and rightfully so, but instead they decided that they would use their place that they were planted to turn a negative into a positive. What can we learn from that? Maybe you have had a rubbish past. Maybe you've been forced into certain places, certain pathways against your will like Priscilla and Aquila. But like them, you can allow God to use it for his glory and for the benefit of others. I want to be clear in telling you today that whatever situation you are in, the Bible says that God will work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That's me and that is you. Who knows, you may have been expecting to live in Rome, as, we, as we've heard, but like Priscilla and Aquila, you're now in Greece. Yet what you do with the situation that you have been given 
could be the crowning moment of your life. Let's just dream for a moment. Perhaps you know this next Bible verse that I'm going to read in Esther 4, verse 14. I just want to dream for a moment, and this isn't gospel. This isn't, it might not be true, but I want to just think this could be the case. Esther 4, verse 14 would have been a, a verse that Priscilla and Aquila would have known off by heart. And who knows, as they were uprooted and as refugees in that new city, maybe they had this as their life first. Maybe this was the difference that changed their lives, turning a negative into a positive. And the same could be for you today. Esther 4, verse 14. And who knows, but that you have come to your position, your place, for such a time as this. Lesson number one, they didn't allow their past to dictate them. What a great lesson from Priscilla and Aquila. Lesson number two, take every opportunity. Not only did they take the opportunity to turn their past and their negatives into a positive, but actually if we bring it down to the small parts, they took every opportunity in conversation. And again, let's just imagine for a moment, I'm stood right now in Ilkeston and on up the road, let's imagine that Priscilla and Aquila have just moved into Ilkeston and they set up a shop on the high street a tent shop, and I asked a friend of mine what it could be called, and unfortunately he told me it could be called Intense. So what a great shop name for a tent shop. Thank you, Jack. And in walks a man named Paul, recently arrived in Ilkeston from another place. He's fresh into the city, he's fresh into the town, and he is also a tent maker. Where would you go in a new city looking for a new job when you're a tent maker, you'd go to intents. It says in Acts 18 that Paul was a tent maker as they were, so Paul went to see them. How did the Apostle Paul then introduce himself? This is really interesting. The great Apostle Paul would later note that we came to Corinth, he came to our version of Ilkeston, where he met Priscilla and Aquila. It says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3, the great Apostle Paul came in weakness, fear, and trembling. This is, the, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He was nervous. He was scared. He showed us that he was like us. But into the midst of those nerves, being in a new place like we all, all, all would be, Priscilla and Aquila were there. God sent, recently uprooted, but God sent, welcoming Paul, welcoming him into their workplace providing him with meaningful employment that would facilitate his missionary activities, all because they seized the moment, all because they were present. This is a challenge to me because when I'm in the zone working, I find it incredibly difficult to engage with those around me. But Priscilla and Aquila were different to me. They seized the moment. They asked questions. They got to know Paul they were likely interrupted from their everyday lives and their everyday work. Paul probably asked them about their past and they told him. They hit it off instantly. They took every opportunity and every conversation which resulted in the Apostle Paul making this connection. Do you, do I make that connection in our lives? But then let's fast forward to Sunday. They're in the place of worship. We've read about it already. Priscilla and Aquila were in the synagogue 
And there they hear a message preached by a man named Apollos. They were enamoured with this message and his love for Jesus. Most people, me included, would have just said to him, thanks for your message, a great message this morning, brilliant, and left it at that. But these guys, remember, refugees uprooted in a new place, relocated recently, still finding their feet, running a business, providing for their family, trying to make ends meet, yet they still took the time to seize the opportunity and eventually tutored this incredible dynamic evangelist called Apollos. This all happened because they were willing to be interrupted. They were aware of what was going on around them and they took every opportunity. How does that work in our lives? If we are going to take every opportunity, we must be willing to be interrupted. We must keep our heads up. We must look around. We must, most importantly, see every person as someone that God wants to impact. Do you and do I? Priscilla and Aquila, lesson number two, took every opportunity. Lesson number three, use your kingdom, use your resources, sorry, for kingdom benefit. Use your resources for kingdom benefit. Acts 18 verse 26 says, When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, this is Apollos, they invited him into their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. This costs. This costs time. This costs energy. This costs money. Priscilla and Aquila gave their time to help others. They gave their talent to tutor Apollos. And they gave their treasure to feed and help those in need. We can do the same. We can make a generous response to hearing a need in our family. We can make a generous response to support a family in a third world country, refugees like Priscilla and Aquila. We can make a, a generous response to look a man in the eyes on the streets that has never been looked at in the eyes for, for days or buy him some food or place him five pound in the hands of a friend who needs it. The Bible says in Isaiah 32 verse 8 that generous people plan to do what is generous. They don't just dream about it and think about it. They plan to do what is generous. They budget it. They, they diarise it. They make sure that they've planned to do it. And they stand firm in their generosity. That is a great life verse for, for my life. And maybe it could be for you. Isaiah 32 verse 8. Generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. Lesson number three. Priscilla and Aquila. They use their resources for kingdom benefit. Can we? Can we? And finally, lesson number four. Take risks. Take risks. Romans 16, verse 3 to 4. This is fast-forwarded five years from AD 50. This is Paul speaking to the Roman church. He says this. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful for them, and so are all the Gentile churches. That all the Gentile churches could include our church today. Maybe we wouldn't be here for whatever Priscilla and Aquila did in that moment. 
Another translation says that they risked their necks for me. We don't know what this great act of bravery was, but it was sufficient to have impacted Paul long after the, the, the fact that it had happened. The details are unclear, but the importance was not. They took risks for others. Are we willing to, willing to take risks for others? Are we willing to step out of our comfort zone, even when it hurts, even when it's embarrassing for others? Are we willing to risk our necks for the sake of a friend or even an enemy, all for the cause of the kingdom? Priscilla and Aquila took risks so we can do the same. So here we have four lessons from a dynamic duo, ones that we can learn and apply to our lives today. God only knows what incredible ripples will happen from now until eternity as you and I don't allow our past to dictate us. Take every opportunity, use our resources for kingdom benefit and take risks. And as I finish, I want to fast forward in the life of the Apostle Paul. I want to fast forward to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1 to 5. And Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth, where he first met Priscilla and Aquila. It's likely to be five years later, they believe, than when he first met Priscilla and Aquila. And he is talking about our lives being like tents. And I just wonder, whenever he sat down to write this, he may also have been thinking about Priscilla and Aquila. He wasn't writing to them, but perhaps he was thinking about them. Perhaps he was reflecting on the good old days around the tent-making table in Corinth. Maybe in the sewing, in the cutting, the praying, the planning, he found a bit of perspective on his life. Maybe he remembered how they told stories about how they'd been uprooted and forced to leave their homes and relocated. You've seen it on the news about the horrible uh, refugee camps and the conditions there. And this would have been no different, probably even worse. And as he was thinking of that, I believe he wrote 2 Corinthians 5. Let me read this as we finish. For instance... We know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven, God-made, not handmade. And we'll never need to relocate our tents again. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack. But we've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we will never settle for less. When you are a tent maker, always patching holes, always repairing tears, always setting up and taking down, you long for something more. And maybe you're longing for something more as you watch this. Can I please tell you that there is more to life than this? There is more to life than what you are seeing currently. There's more to your life. Priscilla and Aquila, the Apostle Paul, myself and many people around this world know that there is more to life 
than this. And his name is Jesus. And Priscilla and Aquila teach us to have eternity in our hearts and make sure that everything we do on this earth, we do in light of eternity, in view of eternity, for eternity, not the temporary, but the eternal. And that works its way out in our everyday, ordinary lives. Never discount the small characters in the Bible. Never discount the small people in this world. They're there for a reason and we can learn so much from them. As you go into your weeks, can I encourage you, don't allow your past to dictate you. Take every opportunity, look up, use your resources for kingdom benefit and take risks because God is looking for people like Priscilla and Aquila today. Can we be the people to say yes?